0: This is 51st Dates, and I'm your host, Jolie Moore. They say that hindsight is twenty twenty. I decided to find out if that's true. Every week, I'm going to read a chapter from my memoir, 51st Dates, then give you the backstory and commentary on what really went down. It's been two whole years since I went on these dates, and I'll be experiencing them along with you as I read. We'll find out together if my future self learned anything. I don't know if I have anything figured out, But at least we'll share some laughs along the way. Dating in Southern California is nothing if not entertaining. Ready? Strap in. Let's go. Hi, this is your host, Jolie Moore, and welcome to episode 13 of 51st Dates, the podcast. This is going to be, I believe, date... 12. So, I was uh, purging. I don't know. It's not a spring cleaning. It's just a cleaning of sorts. I was going through a bunch of boxes that um, I'd hauled down from my house uh, during the divorce, and they'd sat in a corner of my living room for too long, and um, I decided to go through it. One of the things that was in there as a writing folder I kept that had lots of random things I'd written over the years, stuff from high school. Um, <laughs> interestingly, actually, stuff from high school. And um, I used to write articles and editorials in high school, and I was sort of flipping through the clips, and I flipped one over, and on the back was a picture of my high school boyfriend. I don't even remember this. He had gone on some leadership trip to D.C., And it's so interesting to look at him because, you know, obviously he's not animated or in 3D and he's like 16. But he didn't look as confident as I remember him being. It was just so interesting. And in the article, uh, true to probably who he was, he did not, there were no quotes from him. So these other people are like, oh, I went to DC and it wasn't, isn't it great that I learned about leadership? Isn't it great that I met these congressmen or whatever they did? And uh, he was silent, um, which was such in contrast to him, because when I was uh, seeing him, he had a whole lot of opinions about a lot of things, mostly world politics and the United States um, involvement in Central America. Don't know. Odd. Anyway, that's not the point. So in the box, um, one of the things in the box actually was like my thesis proposal from college, but which, by the way, I wrote on romance novels. But one of the other things was a play. So I wrote a play in sophomore year of college and I remember writing it. And about a year or so ago, um, another romance author was talking about like our early writing and she was like, I was just reading the play I wrote in college. And I was like, I wrote one. And she's like, what happened to it? I'm like, who knows? It disappeared into the mall of my mother's stuff. Like, you know, moving from place to place. My mother never unpacks, but moves a lot, acquires more stuff, gets more boxes and doesn't unpack those in the next place. So I think she's living in Florida now in a house maybe um, with a garage that is full of stuff that she's never unpacked. And so I assumed that it was lost to the nether, and maybe one day when she died, I would discover it um, going through these boxes. By the way, a task I'm not looking forward to. My grandmother listened to me and went through all of her stuff before she died. I was forever grateful if that's a gift you can give your your family,, um, in addition to estate planning, but I'm not going to go digress. So in the folder was that play? And I was so excited, um, just to find it. I my professor—I don't even remember him. I could see him. I don't remember his name or anything like that. And it's actually not on the little play. When I turned it in, he gave it back to me. I don't even know. There's no grade on it, <laughs> so clearly that didn't go well. He gave it back to me. Goes. This is not a play. And that is probably true. It's it's true. It's not. A good story structure what it was um, let me say this an author I know who is sort of brilliant when we were talking about this play and other college writing she actually went to the same college I did albeit ten years later um, we were she was saying that sometimes um, the feelings aren't processed until the story is told and I think that's probably true for me. <laughs> Hence why we're all here now. Um <laughs> because um I guess I, I probably process everything through writing, um, and maybe some degree speaking. Anyway, so the play was me processing my first college boyfriend. Um and one of the dates who you'll meet later the a guy named the foreigner asked me like a several times like why I had broken up my college boyfriend now his question was odd and we'll get to that much much later um, because I think he's date 51 in, in here so that's way in the future but he kept asking and I was like I don't remember I don't know why I broke up with my college boyfriend like I literally don't know um, and I have journals in my house because I journaled every day, probably from age 13 to age uh, 25. And um, I didn't journal during my marriage because it was so horrible and depressing. I figured if I wrote about it, I'd have to acknowledge it. Um, but about two years before I moved out, I did start journaling again. I don't reread them, but I do journal. But I couldn't remember why I broke up with them. All that said, I read the entire play... And now I'm a hundred percent sure why I broke up with him. And ironically, there's actually zero irony in this, so that's I feel like it's a lot of a lot is more said all over again. That is not the correct definition of the word. It is also not paradoxically. Maybe it's more unfortunately or sadly, um the reasons I broke up with him are the same reasons I've broken up with anyone or everyone. Actually, I have broken up all the relationships. I, I'm always the initiator. And it's exactly the same reasons. So I met this guy in college, um, like maybe the first or second week of college. And um, he pursued me so hard. Um, he was super cute. Can I tell you? Super cute. And I'm so rolled over by super cute faces. Um, he was a musician. Uh, he didn't have long hair, but so cute. And he, like, pursued me. And I don't remember this, like, well, the play jogged my memory. But in the play, at some point, like, two weeks in, he was, like, like heavily leaning on me. Like, why don't you like me? Why haven't you said you liked me? Um, four weeks in, um, all of this. And I have a sassy friend in there who I don't even know who that's supposed to be, if it's my subconscious. Well, if it's my subconscious, I need clearly some more therapy, but I think it's modeled on a friend. I'm going to, I still haven't been able to pull that out of my memory, but maybe, um, sometime soon. And she kept saying, why is this guy rushing you? She's like, if he's saying to you, this is the romance of the century, you have a century to enjoy it. And I kept saying to her, don't you believe in romance? And she was like, only in the movies, you know? And, um, she was cute. She was quite clever. And it just, he kept pushing. But he did the thing that I think comes up in this, uh, memoir. Certainly has come up in my life. They're pursuing me. They're pursuing me. They're pursuing me. And then suddenly, like, an ex-girlfriend pops up. Or, as I'm discovering, not quite ex. Um... But we were on some we decided to go to spring break together, uh, me and my college boyfriend. And I remember being on a boat. I'm not even gonna get into that. We we're on a ferry and um he what did he say? Oh, he met up with some ex girlfriend and he abandoned me on the ferry ride. So we're on this ferry, I'm going to meet his parents for the first time. I am freaking the fuck out because my stomach gets upset when I have anxiety. And I'm actually okay on boats, but I'm going to tell you, like, anxiety stomach plus boat ride is not a great combination. So I was like, oh, math," And he's like, hey, there's a girl who's not you. Let me walk away. And actually, the entire spring break was like that. It was sort of like... Him reuniting with his ex-girlfriends and leaving me standing alone on a beach, at a party, uh, you know, on a road or whatever. He lived in a very rural area, hence the ferry. And it was awful. But it was, and it was the first time it happened. I can only tell you from the future that that has been a theme in my life. Um, I was just writing to a friend. I was like, do these guys only... um, Talk to their exes eleven thirty at night because, like, in half of my memory, Saturday Night Live is coming on. Um, I had an ex from graduate school who did the same thing. So, like, come eleven thirty, he's like, "Hey, I gotta go talk to my ex and support her. She's going through a tough time." Yada yada yada, and he'd be gone for half an hour. Same thing with my ex husband, different girl, same school, um, and over and over and over. And I'm like, why? And this is the thing I don't get. And I've looked up something about it recently and I'm going to think about it. But I don't understand these people who pursue you. And then the minute like you're like, hey, sure, I'm, I'm willing to go out. You pursued me hard. You're cute. You seem nice. You seem really attentive. They're like, hey, I'm backing off. Did I mention I have an ex and we're still entangled um, to some degree or another, whether that's a marriage um, or whatever, And, um, the, I don't know, the whole thing made me sad because it's like in all these years, the pattern is the same. And obviously if there's a common denominator and the common denominator is me, um, but I think that that play was like the biggest wake up call, like slap in the face, whatever. So, um, there's a, uh, Instagrammer, I follow who calls this like a Dong diet. And uh, I am on a dating hiatus because uh, (laughs) I don't know if it's doing this podcast, reading that play, just living life during COVID. Like, I have so many thoughts about so many mistakes I made. And I honestly don't have the energy to go through it again. Like, I literally think. I have exhausted that supply of unworthiness. Um, I just am so, so over it. So um, with that, I'm getting ready to read date number 12, the omakase. And yes, by the way, the farther I read into this book, and the more I watch my behavior in the past from two years in the future, the more, uh, I don't know if mortified would be the word, but honestly, like <laughs> I'm slightly embarrassed for myself because I'm going through life like a blind man. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's a crap show. But um, it's my crap show. It entertains me. <laughs> I'm here to humor all of you. With what clearly is the biggest cautionary tale. And you know, it's not a cautionary tale for anyone else, I don't think. I think it's a cautionary tale for me. Ready, set, let's do the omakase. Chapter 12, the omakase, February 28. The text continued like that for a few days, with the best selfies from him in between. His mad selfie game hadn't suffered. I kept them in a folder on my phone for when I needed a little pick-me-up in my day. We confined our first couple of dates to the weekend, but there was something about Classic Car Guy that distinguished him from everyone else I'd seen, except Thunderbolt, maybe. When he got close to me or merely breathed in my direction, I got crazy turned on. Despite the fact that we probably had nothing in common except our mutual attraction, it was some kind of pheromone, catnip. But by Thursday, I couldn't wait for the weekend. As soon as I got home from lunch with a friend and a few errands, I picked up my phone and opened the messaging app. Me. So here goes with me being, well, bold. Classic Car. Shoot. Me. What would make me happiest at this exact moment is making a plan to see you again. Classic Car. Absolutely. Good company has never turned away. Me. So what are you doing for dinner tonight? Classic Car. Tonight? I do not have plans. Let me ask you a question. Are you alone as of tonight or tomorrow? Me, I am very much alone tonight and tomorrow. Classic Car, oh, I didn't know that. Would you like me over tonight? Me, that's a big yes. Classic Car, okay, what's your morning schedule like? Me, nada. I've got nothing until Saturday. Classic Car, well, I can't wait to see you. I miss those kissable lips. I'm craving food. Me, I'd be happy to take you to dinner. Classic Car, whatever you like is fine with me. You decide. We had a discussion, by text of course, of his favorite foods. The top on that list had been Italian, but his mother was Italian, which told me not to mess with that one. He also liked a bunch of other things, any of which I figured I could find within a two-mile radius. Living in California had some great benefits. Me, you tell me when you'll get here and I'll figure out food. Classic car, one thing about me, I can always eat. Love eating. Me, do you love it as much as sleep? Classic car, almost... There's a 300-pound fat man inside me. He loves to eat. Me, if you come, I'll take you to sushi. Classicar, you said the magic words. Love sushi. Seafood is life. Hey, we should plan to get away to Mexico. Quick trip down there. Go to Puerto Nuevo. Lobster time. About the invite. This was not the first time Classicar had made a a not-so-offhand invitation for us to get away for the weekend. It was one of the things I rarely responded to. I didn't quite know what to say. Three solid days in resort with him would either be heavenly or hellishly too soon. I can never quite decide. Today, I hovered over the text bubble and left a heart. That was the most I was willing to do on that one. Me, let me see what I can work out for tonight. Classic car. Okay, what time do you want me at your place? Me, the sooner the better. Seriously, whatever. It's Thursday, and I think Sugarfish lasts seats at nine. Classic car. I can be there about seven-ish. When he got there, all the anxiety I'd wrapped myself in over parsing every damn text message went away. Sugarfish was the creation of the legendary sushi sushi chef Kazunori Nozawa. I'll skip the long backstory, but Nozawa was one of the first sushi bars in Los Angeles to strictly enforce the omakase tradition. The chefs made you what they thought was best, and you ate it without question. I think the original location in Studio City closed a few years back, but I used to love going there. If classic car guy loved sushi, I thought this would be the best place to take him. Casual rolls with sweet ponzu sauce and spicy mayonnaise was something we could share later. The minute he met me at the door, he pulled me in for a hug and a kiss. I locked up, and we held hands from my door down to the path to the sidewalk to wait for the Uber. We got to the restaurant, put our names on the list, and cuddled outside under the warmth of the propane heater. Even though I was well past my teenage years... The feeling that whooshed through me when being with him was the same as it had been the first time I'd been in love at 17. Not that I was in love, mind you, just seriously in like. The sushi was amazing, of course, but the conversation was pretty interesting. It was the first time he seemed vulnerable. It was the first time he mentioned having a stutter. He'd said it had been pretty bad when he was a kid growing up and as an adult in sales, mind you. It still came up from time to time. I hadn't heard it yet despite the hours we talked. After dinner, while we waited for the check, he moved from sitting across from me to the vacated bench seat next to me, and I looped, and looped an arm around my shoulders. He seemed to like physical affection. It wasn't my strong suit, but I made a mental note to keep that in mind. Paying the check, getting an Uber back, walking up to my apartment, that part was all a blur. He was like me after only a four-day hiatus, as horny as all get out. As soon as I closed and locked my front door, we were all over each other. It was our third date, and I'd learned a few things about him. He'd also dropped a bit of a bombshell in the morning when I'd casually asked what he was most ashamed of. I don't even know why I'd asked the question, because I certainly didn't have an answer if he'd asked me. But he'd laid there in bed, quiet for a long moment. You haven't killed someone, right? I asked. Because for some reason, that felt like a deal-breaker. I was with a friend, he started. Ended up spending 10 months in jail. Honestly, I started to think that I'd be more surprised if he said he'd killed someone. How old were you? 19. I was with a friend, did something stupid, got caught up. From what I pieced together, he'd been drinking for two days, decided to drive because his more drunk friend couldn't. They got into a single car accident and his friend was hurt. Bad. I even suspect that after thinking about it, his friend may have died in the accident or because of it. I knew his friend was dead, but he'd hinted that this wasn't what had killed him. From what I know about the law, though, it didn't make sense any other way. What did your parents think, I asked, because I couldn't imagine being either on either end of that conversation, telling my parents I'd been arrested and was facing jail time, nor having my own son tell me his mom the same. I told him I'd handle it, that, I wasn't, that it wasn't really their problem, he said. My mind skittered all over the place. Immediately, I felt insensitive, though, because just last week I'd gone on about how few romances were gritty and real. I had recently finished this book about a hero who'd just left jail, lived in East L.A., and was trying to stay out of gang life. I hope I didn't offend you when I talked about that book, I said, wondering how elitist I'd come across. Class was already an unspoken issue between us, and I feared I'd widen that gulf with my offhand comments about a guy. Who could have been in him? Ex-con? East LA? All that. No, I didn't take offense, he said. God, I used to spend a lot of time visiting prisons, I said as my brain worked to take in the new information. Where were you? San Diego, he said. I had visited quite a few prisons in my old job, but hadn't been to San Diego. I couldn't even remember what state prison was down there. Did your parents visit you? Yeah, he nodded, but I didn't want them to see me that way. It was a refrain I'd heard before and didn't understand. Statistics showed that recidivism rates were lowest when felons stayed connected to family and community, but that preachy thought did not leave my mouth. Instead, I was quiet, because he was saying something about paying lawyers and how he'd been originally dealing with 18 months and how it had been reduced to 10. All I could think about was what my first real job had been, criminal defense attorney. I will tell all dates that I'm a college graduate because it's true. What I don't often reveal is that I went to graduate school. Or if I do mention graduate school, I don't mention it was law school. I'm already getting the vibe that I'm too much, too pretty, too smart, too talkative, too outgoing. And I wanted to go out and have fun, not discuss my resume. There was silence as I sat across from him, cross legged, trying to think of what I could say that wouldn't be weird. There was a long list that came to me. I'm totally not judging you, I said. Remind me one day to tell you about the job I had, visiting prisons. Then I offered him a spare toothbrush, and he went to shower. He'd said he was an open book. I was a closed one. So after hours of talking, he dressed, and I watched him thinking about whether I should go on a date with Naughty Dread. I hugged and kissed him goodbye, and then took to my couch. going to be honest, I completely forgot that he was a convicted felon because that is not the most dramatic thing I learned about him. I really, really, really forgot that. Um, So about that, I never, let me say this, I don't Google dates. You can think what you want about that, but I prefer to let people tell me about themselves rather than Uh, do a dossier I have a little problem with um, googling people I haven't done it probably in 10 or 15 years because if I do google someone I will go down a rabbit hole and I swear to god I'll wake up at 2 a.m. and knowing what socks they wore yesterday Um, I don't have any boundaries when it comes to that so I don't do it and um, well I learned something later on that may make me rethink that but I'm still not sure So I did forget that he was a convicted felon. And let me just tell you for like drunk driving, unless I don't know, you have a really bad lawyer or something. Usually. um, Okay. It's usually a misdemeanor, which means um, there's little or no jail time. I'm not going to get into the morality of that. That's just the law in most States. And um, for your driving to be a felony, something bad has to have happened. And, I personally think probably he was driving and the guy died, Um, but I don't know. I actually never looked it up, Um, but I I think if he was driving, the guy died, and that's probably why there was jail time, and, uh, you know, vehicular manslaughter, who knows? I would have to think about it a little bit more, but um, people just don't go to jail randomly because people have single car accidents and somebody gets hurt. Um, the story didn't hold water, but I didn't press him. Not sure why, but I didn't. Um, probably cause it had happened when he was 18. This was 20 years later. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I pressed him cause I didn't want to know the answer. I can't say. The other thing, I read a book this week, um, about boundaries in dating And one of the interesting things in the book said is that you shouldn't date someone that you wouldn't be friends with. And I'm going to be honest, thought never had occurred to me before, of course. And um, I don't know if I've ever dated anybody I'd be friends with. But when I was reading the chapter just now, uh, for the first time in two years, as you were listening to it, I realized um, I would not be friends with Classic Car. Like, what? He would not be my friend. Like, there's nothing necessarily about him that we would, like, maybe we could bond over our childhoods. Maybe we could be friends. Like, I don't know, but that's not the first thought I had about him. And uh, that's not great. Um, I'm really thinking more about dating somebody you'd be friends with. Um, I don't even know what box to put that in. I've had guy friends over the years. But they were friends, not people you would date, <laughs> and uh, I've had people I dated over the years, and you know what? there would not be my friends. I have friends, I have a lot of friends. I love my friends, and um, I don't have to have sex with them, so that's also something I'm gonna think about the sushi thing I remember we went so we went to um Zaw, which is like over on. A oh, sugar fresh, I guess that's what it so We didn't go to Nozawa. On um, La Brea, um, I love, I love sushi. I love great sushi. Um, I think that the whole thing was out of his depth. Like he opened the menu and he was just like, "What do I order?" And I'm like, "They have three options: like small, medium, and large." It's not quite like that. It depends on like basically your appetite. Like they'll give you one or two pieces of sushi per um, serving depending on, uh, maybe three, I don't know, I've never (laughs) ordered that much food, Um, depending on what your appetite, you know, can have, and so he was, like, just overwhelmed by the process, but I mean, he said he liked sushi, I presume that meant more than, like, supermarket sushi, but he was a bit out of his depth, and I don't know what to make of that, like, look, I've been to Japan, so I have that, you know, knowledge and background, Um, and I've had a lot of sushi, read a lot about sushi traditions. Um, Japanese food, to be frank, is not my favorite, but I enjoy it sometimes and will eat it um, in different contexts, whether it's sushi or ramen or um, izakaya or whatever it is. And um, I don't know, like I'm starting to think a little bit more about some of the differences in the people I dated and maybe I need to date people more like me. Don't know how many of those there are in the world Um, but I think I'm determined to find them this guy this classic car guy I can't even with him but there will be more oh and Naughty Dread I vaguely remember who it is um, but we'll talk about that next week I'm Joy Moore and this has been 51st Dates, the podcast. If you enjoyed listening, I hope you'll share, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts. It will help others find the craziness that is dating in Southern California. Also, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. If you'd like to read ahead, my memoir, 51st Dates, is available wherever books are sold. A link is always included in the show notes. I'm also a romance writer. If you want to know more about my books, please visit. Joliemore.com for more information. You can also follow me on Instagram at XOJoliemore and on all social media at the same handle XO Jolie Moore. Thanks for listening, and I'll be in your ears next week.